From chasing a fast 10k on the road to hunting down a marathon PB, Mizuno has you covered with the Wave Rebellion Pro. Built for speed, made to last the distance. Available tomorrow at mizuno.com.au and selected running specialty retailers. Episode number 272 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Thanks to Mizuno for sponsoring another week. Big show coming at you. All the action from the World Cross Country Trials up at Canberra yesterday. Croaks was on the ground, so looking forward to talking about all things that. Three people being picked. We'll talk about who might potentially be filling that team. Got some uh, results out of Sydney to talk about. Valencia 10K, a bit of drama there. Houston half and full marathon. It's a loaded episode for the third week of 2023. Welcome my co-host, Bradley Croker, up in Canberra. Welcome, Croaks. Thanks, Brady. Good to be here. Really looking forward to talking to you tonight. Like me and Moose just watching this stuff on the stream yesterday, but having a man on the ground, I know you had a lot of human interactions, which you don't <laughs> usually do that much, and I'm really, he was just sharing stories all afternoon yesterday about different people he spoke to, so hopefully we can get a few of them on air tonight. Yeah, I said to you boys that uh, I reached my annual annual quota of uh, personal interaction, so I'll be living at home for the next six months, not leaving home. That's good. Things are good perhaps, in Canberra. Um, oh, Moose, yep. What do you got? Oh, yeah, perhaps your annual name drop limit as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. On, on um, Saturday Arvo or Sunday Arvo. Very good mates with people. I didn't think he was very good mates Very with. good friends with some of the best runners in the country. Yeah. Taking, uh, taking a leaf out of Christian's book. <laughs> Carrying oh, yeah. bags around, you reckon? <laughs> Christian yeah. loves it, doesn't he, on Strava. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone, look who I ran with. <laughs> Anyway, hey, I, didn't go and get, I didn't go and get photos with them, though. There's nothing just wrong with getting photos. Just spoke to them. We'll talk about that later because I'm, I'm, I want to bring up the photo thing because I think that'd be the first time a lot of those people were uh, posing for photos. It looked like there was a lot of fans there, which is good for our sport. Mother co host, though, the 214 man, is a reminder for a marathon, I reckon, in about five weeks, maybe. Julian Spence, welcome to you. Thanks. Coming up quick. Don't need any reminders of that. Five? Is it five yesterday or six? I think it's still six okay. from yesterday, but. First 30k plus. I've done a 30k, but I went over this this Sunday, and it, um, I'm feeling it. Oh yeah, had a few beers this afternoon too. You were telling me, so if things get a bit loose this afternoon, that's why. Oh, uh, just yeah. Well, Mondays are off, and the sun came out, so we had a little wander down the beach and had a swim. Got caught in a rip, but uh, powered out of it because I'm just a, a waterman. You're pretty good in the water. Anyway. Yeah, there's been a few rescues down here this season. What, you've been rescuing people? No, not me, but the um, for, I, we got this 
relatively new ring road that sort of takes people from Melbourne all the way around Geelong. And then I think Anglesey must be like the first beach on the uh, Google Maps if someone types in the beach or something. And so we get all these Melbourne crew that probably never been in the ocean before, just rock straight up <laughs> like six-foot waves, a lot of water moving, super dangerous, and they just have no idea. And like some of them just go in in their clothes you know, whether it's their religion or whatever, but they, they just go in in their clothes and all of a sudden they're at the bottom of the ocean in, in a minute. Um, it's pretty dangerous stuff. Yeah, it would be. Keeps the lifesavers See, see it all the time. They have lifesavers all, all the time on that beach, like Bondi nah, Rescue? No, not all stuff. the time, but um, just in the summer months. So there's paid, paid lifeguards and there's also volunteers from the surf club. But the, the problem is they, they, they patrol between the flags and a lot of the... Um, a lot of those that don't understand the beach or are unaware of like the um, safety things, like that you have to swim between the flags, and um, they just go out wherever they want, and and they get into trouble. And there's a lot of drownings actually. Uh, they're all always people that are not from town, like that are from Melbourne, or it used to be the internationals when we had a lot of international tourists who'd come straight up the Tullamarine down the coast, boof, out in a rip, gone. It's often most the person that's doing the rescuing is the one that dies. They go out to save the kid, and the kid's so kid ends up surviving, yeah. and then the um person that's going to save them is the one that drowns. Mate, it's so it's so. You mean sad like too. an adult, like not an actual lifeguard though, like a yeah. family member? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you see, their family's watching from the beach, like the the dad go out to save them, and you're right, it's always the the dad that gets, or not just the dad, but say like one of the older people there that that end up getting um, drowning. What happened down the south coast a couple of weeks ago, um, down near Batemans Bay? Um, yeah, guy went out I think to save his son, and yeah, he didn't survive, but the kid did. Yeah, God, that's fucked, isn't it? Yeah. And you know the mums on the beach watching this, oh, horrid. Let's get on to some positives, eh? Yeah, get on to some positives. I was going to start the show with a few corrections for last week. Moose, turns out you did get lapped in that 10 k Let us know. I did, actually, yep. yeah. Yep, got lapped. Um, I was messaging through the show, and then I, people got back to me afterwards. Gunther said, yes, lapped 300 metres to go. We worked it out based on the times, Moose. Yeah. <laughs> Who didn't believe us, though? I still can't remember getting lapped by anybody. Okay. I just can't remember it. And Toby said he went past me at 200 to go or maybe 300 to go, and he thought, oh, he's going to go with me. He's just going to outkick me here. But I gave nothing back, so that's a bit embarrassing. That's it. Nangs, we got speaking about drugs last week as well. Not good for truckies, supposedly. That was in my DMs. Yeah, and that was you. That was you. Yeah, but they black out or something. And Norwegians do use a different keyboard, thanks to, like, mm, the 350 people me, sending actually. photos. Got that one right. No, no, that was me. I should have taken the slab. I said they did have different keyboards over there. Oh, I saw the keyboard, but it was just like, it's like the same letter. Yeah, it was a bit conflicting. So like Christian's like, no, we don't do it at all. But then a lot of people sent in like keyboards where they had different, um, yeah, different letters on there. Keyboards, no, same keyboard. Yeah, but they got, Christian. yeah, but his very high IQ. Might talk about him like later on for Valencia. Anyway, let's recap some weeks. Croaks, you want to go first? I want to know what's going on with this scan. I asked you during the week and you just didn't even answer me. Keeping, uh, your, keeping your cards close to your chest. Yeah, so I actually had a scan today. Um, so I had, a, I had a pretty good week, really. I uh, got out for a total of 53K, um, which the week before was 45, and that 53K was in five runs. Um, so, yeah, Monday was 45 minutes, 
four seventeens, uh, and Tuesday was thirty five minutes at four eighteens. Both of these were in the afternoon. It was like super hot. And um, come Tuesday afternoon, I'm like, because I started off and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. And then I'd get to about like twenty twenty five minutes in, I'm like, oh yeah, heat's definitely uh, definitely catching up with me. Um, and based on obviously my fitness levels, so then got out on Wednesday morning. And look, during those two runs, like my legs felt pretty good. Um, same thing on Wednesday morning. I increased it a little bit, went for an hour, 4.23s. It was nice running at 8.30 in the morning when it was a bit cooler than what it had been the previous two days because I think it was like you know, in the 30s when I was running in the afternoons. Uh, Thursday, 45 minutes at 4.18s. Uh, still feeling pretty good. Um, and then Friday was 45 minutes at 4.26s. Um, so then come Saturday, uh sort of in the mornings I was like really just noticing a little bit of pain um nothing nothing serious and I'd run six days in a row so I'm like I'll take Saturday off um started actually taking some Voltaren tablets which I haven't had in the you know throughout this injury I've had like some ibuprofen at times but the Voltaren has made a massive difference in terms of how I feel when I get out of bed in the mornings. so didn't run Saturday um, didn't run Sunday mainly because by the time I left Stromlo, uh, it was pretty warm. Um, and then I thought oh, I'll just take another day off. So, uh, well, 53 K for the week, feeling pretty good. Like given I've run, I think two, I've run a total of 200 kilometers in nine weeks and a hundred of those were in the last two. I actually feel like I'm, I'm moving. Okay. Um, and I feel like I'm pretty much at the end of whatever's going on with my leg um because yeah like woke up this morning no pain at all which you know two days off plus the voltar and ran for an hour this morning felt felt fine and i did go and get a scan this afternoon and i actually didn't expect to have the report already um but it's come back and so there's no there's no bone abnormality at all um says that there's some minimal edema in the soleus medially um and it says here in the yeah, the medial soleus at its at, at its medial extreme, which I'm guessing is like really really low, which is where the like the pain I've been getting. So it seems like it maybe was um, muscle related. Um, but it's, so the the original physio was right. I guess so, but he was more I guess the the muscles that he thought it was you know so it was he thought it was more sort of tip post muscle, but it was obviously um, yeah medial and sort of distal uh, soleus mm. yeah so um like the, the the main reason i got the scan was because i thought look if it comes back and there's no bone i'm happy to ramp things up a little bit given how good it's starting to feel um, i thought maybe it'll come back with some like tendony stuff but then um yeah it's just come back with the edema which is the, almost identical to the report that i got when i hurt my calf in melbourne that time at the half marathon um, but the scan didn't say like there's a muscle tear, um, but I guess edema is probably associated with the strain at some point. Um, so yeah, look, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep jogging because it doesn't seem to be getting any worse. I'll just keep up the, um, anti-inflams just to try and maybe get rid of some of that edema. And, um, hopefully I can just slowly build like 50 K a week's not, not bad. Like, you know, you, yeah, hopefully this week I can increase it to maybe 60 or 70. And then once I feel like there's like no pain or no awareness, then I'll um then I'll basically start doing some light sessions. 
Do you um yeah. you're just good enough to read that report yourself? Like you know what it means? Uh yeah, well, it's pretty yeah, like well, yeah, like I, I Google a couple of words, but yeah. um yeah. But and then, you know, the main you thing take is that, to, you know, back to a physio and they say, "Hey, this is what we recommend." Yeah, yeah. So, well, so I've sent it through to yeah, both my physios actually. So like the report says like the tibia appears normal, the fibula appears normal. Um I think there's a small like uh, varicose vein in my tib ant. Uh, muscle belly and then um, at the end there's no no further muscular abnormalities seen so um, yeah so I think it's a pretty good scan really shows that there's there's not a lot going on um, I probably just need to be a little bit just cautious getting back into the faster stuff because it, it seems to be handling jogging but you know what it's like when you've had like calf stuff as soon as you I don't know, like get up on your toes a bit more. It's going to put a lot more force through that. So I just need to be a bit cautious. Yeah. No, but right I, think I'm over the, I think I'm over the worst of it. Like if I look back Ooh. at this time last year, actually today was the first day after COVID that I jumped on the treadmill and did five lots of four-minute run, one-minute walk, and I was like so unfit. Like my heart rate was hitting 160 in those, um, in those four minutes. I feel like I'm – yeah a lot fitter now than i was this time last year so and i didn't and i didn't do my first session last year until uh early to mid feb so i think i'm going to be ahead of ahead of that so with the comparison to 2022 will you have you kind of looked at maybe that was sydney 10 the first time you raced last year yeah sydney 10 was the first race that i yeah yeah so that's that's ages away it's over over 10 weeks or about 12 weeks or more um the one thing I learned from last year, though, was I I don't think I was race hardened for Sydney 10. Mm. So if I want to do Sydney 10 this year, I definitely need to do something hard a couple of weeks before. Go smack a park run. Yeah, something like that. Then you yeah. can tick your 5K and 10K goals. Remember those <laughs> from the right. start of the year? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, and the right but it's good to be, But it is it's so good to just be back running. Um, and I think, I think so many people underestimate how fit you can get just off actually jogging. You know, everyone thinks, oh, if I'm not doing sessions, I'm not really training properly. But I have no doubt if I was to run like 100K a week just jogging um, at a decent pace, I'd be pretty fit. The sessions are obviously like the icing on the cake. Well, yeah, they get you to a point, that yeah. jogging, and then it's hard to to break through to the next point mm. without yeah. the uh, intensity stuff. Yeah. But but given you know, I've pretty much had nine weeks off, like jogging for three or four weeks, like is I'm, I'm going to – continually gain fitness over that four-week period of jogging yeah. yes yeah. if if you i think you would if your mileage got bigger than 50 yeah because because you were coming from a pretty high point if you crank it 50 70 90 i think you get fitter yeah. but if you do three weeks at 50 i don't think you get fitter no and that's the Not hope you. now is that i increase you know increase 15k a week or so from here yeah you just miss that hard and stuff though yeah, That's what the session to give yeah you. but if I'm not racing till yeah, like yeah, yeah. May, then yeah. I've got plenty of time for that. And, and I'm looking forward to getting back with the group. So, like, we meet on a Tuesdays, and I'm from this week going to start sort of meeting Friday mornings as well. So, it'll be nice to get out and, um, yeah, run with those guys. Are doing doubles? Is that um, um, the group? Yeah, Diagony. No, Mulligan Fridays. Track Club, yeah. Oh, MFTC. So, just the, yeah, just the, uh, the people that I coach. Yeah. Yeah. Radio Moose coming off 34k last. No, you did 34k this Sunday. Uh, yeah, just 24 last week. That after was after the your 10k race. Yeah, I've got the wrong week open here on Strava. 
Tell us about your week. Well, I was I was pretty beat up actually. On Monday, I felt I got all the DOMs come at once, basically. So I had um, the the long run DOMs as well as the race DOMs hit me. So I just ran seven k real easy on Monday afternoon. So I gave myself like, oh, what's that, thirty six hours after the um, long run. So it, it didn't help much. It was probably like peak DOMs. Felt like shit. Had a bit of knee pain. Probably I. I, I I looked at that run as active recovery, not as a um, run to improve my fitness. And so I was there at like probably mid-afternoon on Monday and I considered not running at all. I thought, oh, I don't need to run like I'm pretty sore. But in, in my head or like the way I justified running was – that I would actually, it would actually in, improve my recovery time if I went out for a jog. How do you boys feel about that? Yeah, move the blood. And it, all, it almost makes the next day better. Like that's why you're doing it. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I was thinking too. I actually have that mentality on every Monday. It's just like, I don't care what pace it is, slow is better than quicker. Like it's really just, yeah, just the purpose of that day is to actively recover, not chase building fitness. This and was... Moose, did, did you find that when you went, like you originally said, oh, I don't want to go for a run at all, but then did you find like the first part crap, but then towards the end started to feel actually better? It was kind of like a, uh, a, what is it, a bell curve. It was shit at the start. I had a really good few K and then I started to get sore again. And then I'm like, all right, we're cutting this. Because I, I, I kind of thought I'll go out for 45 minutes, but when I got to the furthest point away from the house, I'm like, no, nah, you just head back now. Whatever time it takes to get back, you just head back. So I, 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 I still woke up pretty sore the next day and pretty tired as well. So I wasn't like, I wanted to go about 12 K 14 K, but I just, I just didn't have it in me. So I, um, I still sore in the quads. That was probably the main spot I was sore. Um, just felt like I'd done a, a hard race, which I had done. So I only went um, 9K. So it was going to be less week, which I was fine with because coming off a um, race, that's what I expected. I ended up doing a workout a day earlier than I was planning. Um, I felt good. So that um, Tuesday night, that was, a, that, that was kind of like a turnaround point for me. By the time I got home from work, the doms had gone and I was starting to feel a little better. So I, I um, said to Ali, I'm like, oh, I'll come do your workout with you tomorrow because it was only a taper workout for um, for her race on Sunday. So I knew it wasn't going to be that hard. And she, like with these workouts are like within my capacity at the moment because I'm probably a little bit fitter than Ali is. So it was three by three minutes, two minutes, one minute, and there was one minute jog between each interval uh so the the idea was that the shorter the rep the faster the pace um normally this workout goes like around threshold for the three minutes 10k pace for the two minute maybe 5k pace for the one minute or sometimes quicker than that it's one of my favorite sessions moose like we often do it three two one one minute between the reps but after the one minute rep we have 90 seconds and we sort of work more on like yeah 10k 
pace for the three minute, 5K pace for the two and 3K pace for the one. But you, but you get a little bit more recovery and it's not so much jog, it's more just standing recovery. It's a body yeah. hard workout, like when you do we, it at that intensity. Well, it is if you jog. If, if it's if it's just reps where yeah. you're standing around, it's, yeah. like, I find it's a good tune-up session because you sort of just get to work through the gears a little bit. Yeah, it is. Doing it for, I think it goes for 26 minutes here. But if you were to do that same thing on the track, what you just said, that intensity, so three minutes at 10, 10K. Yeah. So imagine going through okay. yeah, to do a okay. K. Three minutes, yep. And then having a minute jog or a minute walk, whatever. That's still pretty quick. And then doing two minutes at 5K pace. So what's that, 216s, 218s? Six, 600, yeah, it'd be 600 or so, 600 metres at, yeah. Yeah, well, that's well, just, just yeah, over 600 metres, yeah. If it was an 800, yeah. And then one minute at an equivalent of uh, 67, 68, 400. Yeah, you're not jogging as well. Like yeah. standing around is different. And then the 90, I find the 90 seconds is, is you know, sort of gets you back on track. Plus then if you've gone from a hard one minute at 3K pace, going then back to three minutes at 10K pace actually feels pretty comfortable after you've run that one that one minute a bit quicker. Are you saying like on the day 10K pace or like what you want to average on race day 10K pace? Oh, uh, Moose's yeah. session. Yeah. There was no, there was no pace, there was no paces given. Oh, but when you and were at Crocs. Oh, like 10, 10k effort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's a great yeah. record because you can do it so many different ways. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This one here, I don't want the jog to be pushed at all, and that's that's where, like, if if um. If I'm not around, I find that a lot of my athletes, and especially Ali, she she pushes the jogs too hard, and you lose the quality from the repeat. And that's not what I wanted for this. I didn't want this like a, a really strong aerobic workout. I wanted to um, work through the gears properly, and if anything, sharpen up a little. Where the one minute at the end is is getting a bit quicker, and with like you could have put 90 seconds at the end of that, it would have achieved the goal as well. Hey, Moose, yeah. do you reckon that's a bit of an error amongst a lot of distance runners is that there's this, I don't know, idea that if you're standing around, like, it's bad? Like, yeah. whereas, you know, you want you want the volume of the session to be bigger and you don't want to stop because you're not getting as fit, whereas there's a time and a place to actually have standing recovery. So, as you said, you can, like, move move well during the rep. Definitely. Yes, I see it all the time. With, like, I, it's even though I'll be the fittest in the group, which it, like not all the time, but a lot of the time I'll be doing workouts with people that are a bit slower than me. As soon as the rep finishes, I go into like a shuffle and they pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's like every single time I'm reminding them, Hey, slow down, like get your heart rate right down. Mm-hmm. This is, this isn't the purpose of it. I, I've started instead of saying jog, when I prescribe sessions, I say shuffle now. Yeah, I've been doing that too. And then I put in brackets to yeah. get the heart rate down. Like that's the purpose of that one minute. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a float. Yeah. I would say rest. Rest slash walk. Yeah, okay. You, you well, can do that too. You, if you get them to walk, that's even – it can be better. Sometimes I do like to shuffle dot jog instead of walking just so I don't fully yeah. – just so I can get rolling again on the next rep. Yeah. Like the other I, day, like yeah. Sorry, Archie I like and the I were doing something you... and he was going to walk. And then I'm, he's seeing me still shuffling around and he was kind of thinking, oh, do you want me to keep jogging? And I'm just like, no, no, I'm just doing this because I'm old and it takes me a while to get back going if I fully stop. Yeah, standing, like, com- 
standing completely still is not great when you're running fast because all that lactic sort of pulls yeah. a little bit. So it's more like you stop the rep initially. Like you might walk for 10, 15 seconds, even 20 yeah. seconds, walk a bit and then go into like a, sh- a shuffle slow shuffle. into the rep, yeah. 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 yeah, that's another good way as well. I thought yeah, we did a good job of explaining that. after You, you brought that up last week, Moose, remember? Like explaining the purpose of workouts and stuff. Yeah, and how to get the most out of your workout as well. It doesn't look as sexy on Strava, but it's going to help you achieve the benefit of the workout. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, exactly. Like I'd rather, some workouts, you want the float, you want it to be a float. Like you don't want to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then that's workouts, where you right float though, and you probably set a pace for it. Yeah, yeah, and you, you, yeah, you give the license to go a bit quicker through that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I had a pair of vapor flies on. Uh, which I've never really worn the Vaporfly Next Percent 2. I got a pair when they first dropped and I wore them for one workout, decided I didn't like them. So um, I put one of them on the wall actually. So I only ever had one pair, like I only ever had the right pair, the right shoe. And so I got another pair and I, I actually really enjoyed them for this workout. Did so you maybe I'm coming around. Did firmer than the number ones? No, they still oh. felt pretty soft to me. I've noticed the yeah. firmness is just like great shoe, and I've got a pair of the ones and the twos, but I always go for the ones now because I just feel it's a bit softer, a bit spongier. It's that's strange because I felt these, if anything, were a little too soft. Okay, I think no, that's I'm with you, Brady. Doesn't I found... Tommy DeCano have that theory that they come out of like the ones that come out of Vietnam are softer than the ones that come yeah, out of China? He doesn't know though. It's yeah. a theory. There's I found there. next percent two is a lot harder compared to the first version, and also even the four percent. But does yeah. that make them better though? Yeah, like I you know guys... it makes them better. Yeah, I think it makes them better for shorter for shorter reps. Definitely. I raced in the one throughout the last year and ran my ten k and half marathon PB in them when I had the option to wear the two. But I was like, that's probably a bit of placebo as well, though. I just was that was... on the track? No, nah, that was on the road, Launceston and Gold Coast. Oh yeah, yeah. Can yep. you still buy the ones, Moose? No. They occasionally pop up. No, they not at no. all. Nah, they've should've, been going for a while now. Should have stocked up when they were selling them. The threes are coming out soon. Four percent fly knit, brand new. Are they worth much anymore? <laughs> Kirk's is like been hanging on to their shoes for years, <laughs> waiting for the. Have they increased in value? Yeah, uh, Bree got a pair out the other day. Actually, got her pair out and went for a jog. She said they felt like a normal jogging shoe now. Uh, you know, <laughs> keep them in the box. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's move on. So that was the workout. Oh, I haven't even told you the splits. Um, my watch, oh, yeah. So my watch recorded super different from Ali's watch. I had taken the inside line the whole way. So the paces I got, 318, 319, 304, 315, 14, 18, 19, 11, 5, 255. And that's, that wasn't right because we were running much harder, I could tell, on the two-minute and one-minute, much faster. Ali's watch is much more accurate in terms of polarizing the uh, efforts between the, the the reps so i sent this off to um our it man in bendigo darren rowe brady mm. yep tully's yeah dad. yep tully and max and Don't max, yeah, max. Sorry. i was just thinking tully raced on the weekend in canberra yeah there's two children though there is that's a bit that's mean of you sorry, to forget max, about max. um Junior and, and so uh he came back he said you're running on the inside 
It's an extra. Uh, oh, let me just get into it because this is quite good intel, I reckon. Well, it's a it's a very industrial estate kind of loop, which I think the Coros is fine is. on. But are there trees yeah. that go over it? Because I've had some issues no. No, where I do some workouts where the bit. trees are, which I think every yeah. GPS watch would. And Ali's also wearing a Coros too, for context. Two Coros watches. Yep. Same model. No, this uh, is the Apex. My, hers is Apex. Mine's Apex Pro. I think all the GPS are the same. Okay. We had the same settings on and everything. We checked afterwards. So I sent it to Darren. I said, Darren, can you do, have, do a bit of a uh, deep dive on this? Um, so he pulled up the maps and he looked at it and he said, both runs are pretty tight and repeatable. Ali has run further, but it's hard to pin down exactly because she hides around 250 metres for privacy reasons, whereas I don't have any issues with privacy. I think <laughs> maybe only... A few meters i don't know what i've got but um roughly speaking you run around eight meters further per 400 meters on the track so in lane two versus lane one you guys did around 7200 meters this morning which is 18 by around eight meters extra for ali 144 meters she's run around two percent further than you for the same elapsed time which would theoretically be roughly 333 pace, not far off her listed Strava, her Strava listed 331. So she, he follows up saying, you'd be surprised how much further she's actually run. Your red data is slightly better grouped, but in my opinion, Ali running on the outside of the loop plays the bigger role. Mm. So mm. we took this Take away. It's very... And this was this is something you wouldn't consider when you're running with a, somebody in a workout. And you this is a big loop, like pretty big loop. I'm not sure. Maybe two k. One point two k. Yeah. So she's she, she's running an extra hundred and forty five meters for the workout. Now that's a lot. And so um, perhaps in the future, like for me, given that um, I'm the comfortable one in this workout, I should probably take the outside. Uh, going forward. There's about 17 turns in there, though, isn't there? Yeah, but it, in a lot. race, just think about being in a race, whether yeah. it's cross-country or whatever. How important is it to take the, the, the sharpest line? Hmm. Because Run if your you're tendons. getting... Yeah, if you're getting screwed all the time on the on the outside and you're running an extra 150 metres, and we're talking a race that's, matted, that's decided with 10 seconds, you, 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 you're hurting yourself right there. Like mm. you're putting yourself behind the eight ball every time, um, so it was, it was it would actually good good insight from Darren. Thanks for that, and also um, good learning experience for, uh, for for both of us. I want to know more about that relationship. So you just got questions, you just send him files on a on a random Tuesday, and this gets back to you. Well, well, the like, last I'm time I'm trying to I... work, don't annoy me with this stuff. <laughs> the last time I chatted to him was. Um, the 6th of May 2021 when we, I think we were in Noosa and uh, we were having problems and so um, with the GPS and he's full, he's done a full-on deep dive up there and he was brilliant at it, like brilliant. And um, Did you send him a case of beer? Yeah, he needs some, he needs some beer or some socks or something. I'll get on to Darren with that. Maybe Ali can send him that. She's the sponsored one. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was a good little workout. And then, so the next day I felt pretty good off that workout. I was still, um, even more recovered from the weekend. So I did a hilly little loop, 
just under an hour, 4.30s. A uh, bit slower the next day, same distance, 12K. And then did a workout on Saturday morning because I had Saturday off. So it was threshold, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, just continuous run. So it was 30 minutes in total. Uh, the idea was that I had a, a ceiling for my heart rate where I could progress the paces uh, or progress the effort, sorry. So the, the first 15, I wasn't letting it get over 165. And then the next 10, I had a little bit more freedom. I could go to 170. And then the last five, I could open the stride up a little bit and, um, and work at the finish. So if, funnily enough, the paces... Um, the paces between the 165 and the 170 were actually really similar. It was only 329s, and then I only dropped down two seconds a K to 327s, but I picked up the heart rate by 10 beats a minute average. And then the last five uh, got a bit of downhill. Maybe the heart rate was over 175 at points as well. It, well, it definitely was. It went up to 177. Um, and then I got to 317s. So it's a good work. This was supposed to be just a medium workout because I had 34K the next day. And it was sort of hot and it wasn't that hot. It was 18 degrees, but it was humid. And I knew that there was a chance if I gave myself a pace-based workout, I would cook myself here. So I gave myself something pretty achievable and I finished and it felt fine. Like I finished feeling easy, just sweating a lot. Um, and, And it allowed me to do 34K the next day. So... We watched the um, World Cross Trials. Um, a few of us watched it at my house just before we left and then got out a bit later, so 8.35, but it was really cool down here. It was like sort of not summer at all. So it was 16 degrees and 75%, so it was pretty gentle. Um, we did a hilly loop. No, well, it was pretty hilly. So 510 metres for my 34K. Uh, the group got rolling up a few hills, um, and then I'd, I I was on my own at 28k, so I thought, oh, let's just um, let's push into the finish a little bit. So my last few k were picking it up, sort of Croker style, and finished at 34k average. Uh, what was my average? Like 418s. Felt it the rest of the day, super stiff and sore. Haven't done that distance in a long time, coupled with the hills. That was, yeah, pretty tough. Off the back of a Saturday workout as well. Got that in your uh, legs. The workout was pretty, pretty meat. The workout was not taxing. Okay. Yeah. Still more taxing than a jog the day before. Not hitting it as is. fresh, yeah. I, I did not feel the workout in the Sunday run. I, I don't feel like I did. Okay. Good yeah. signs. Of- so, 103K, Moose. Where's, uh, where's your prediction now for six weeks' time? Still around that 224? 224, I think, would be a good run. I think I'm, that's what I'm aiming at. That's It's hard to know when you're not doing the specific workouts. So I'm doing some track. I'll do a track workout tomorrow, and I'll do like a threshold later in the week with Ali. And, and that's not giving me an indication of my real marathon fitness. These long runs are pretty tough for me. Like I'm finishing them. They're not, I'm not finishing them very strong. I might finish them fast, but I'm not finishing them feeling strong, which scares me a little. It's going to be a bit of an unknown on the on the race day. Will you chuck the uh, the Rebellion Pro on for a big road workout soon, Moose? I'm gonna. I've worn it a lot. Okay. So, yeah. Moose so on I'll, the track though. 
Uh, yeah, but I've also done a lot of thrashies in it. I okay. just haven't done any road workouts yeah, at all. Okay. So that's probably another little worry. Is that to harden the legs a bit. Yeah, not Get used to the asphalt. I, I, I might head to the asphalt a little bit if I'm... Um, if I've got a workout where oh, Ali goes to New Zealand, so I'm not going to be training with her really before World Cross. So I might do those Fridays a little bit more um, focused on me, where I'll go to the asphalt and do some maybe some tempo running. Good, heading in the right direction as well. Everything's yeah. ticking along. Whistled through this week, eh? Kicked it off Monday, sixty minutes at uh, four thirty-sixes. All this was in pretty hot weather. I think we were about 35 to 40 every day last week, so got some good heat gains, but the paces on the jogs were, were pretty slow. On the uh, Tuesday, met up with Archie. We did a 2 by 14 minutes at Threshold. Averaged 3.17s off two-minute jog. Wouldn't, yeah, probably, I don't know, as we're talking about jogs, how slow this was. It was pretty slow, this jog, whatever it was, for two minutes to try to get the heart rate down. Pretty much just like 14 minutes out, 14 minutes back. He dropped me in the second one, and I just had to check the ego and remember that um, it was threshold, not like a 14-minute time trial back to the car. So I was probably solo for the last oh, seven or eight minutes, but that felt good to get a longer workout in. Often on Tuesdays, we kind of do broken threshold work. Got a couple of different varieties we kind of run through. So it's it's pretty much 30, or anywhere between 25 and, and 30 minutes worth of threshold work. Sometimes we breaks, sometimes... You know, like tomorrow, for example, we got six by uh, mile, which would be around about five minutes. Um, this was a longer one where we kind of went for 14 minutes and just had the little rep. So good mentally that you only had to do two efforts, but then bad mentally because you had 14 minutes before you got a little bit of a break. But it felt good. All up, that was kind of like 9K at 322s. Uh, cool down. And then, oh yeah, I'm still single on every day. Did 80 minutes with Aaron, a listener. He was in town holiday hit me up and said, do you want to go for a jog? So took him for a bit of a tour of Moama. Average 4.17s, which I was surprised about because um, didn't have any pace showing and we're kind of talking the whole way. And I thought we're kind of going a bit slower than that. So a bit of a surprise when I got back to the car and saved the run and saw that it was 4.17s. Thursday, 65 minutes at 4.43s. Friday, second workout of the week was 10 by two minutes at about 3.04 average off a minute shuffle jog. This would have been like six minute Ks, I reckon. Pretty much just, uh, yeah, shuffling around on the spot, getting the heart rate down. Trying to work it, uh, I'd love to say this is like 10K on the day race effort, but I think that's probably a bit generous. So it was probably in between five and 10K kind of pace for me at the moment. Um, did feel good though, and I do love this stage of the program when you're coming back and you can see the progress. Like two weeks ago, I did eight by two minute at, I think it was 308 average. So um, same kind of effort, two extra reps this time around and yeah, going a bit quicker. So I was happy with that workout. Saturday, easy jog in the heat, 70 minutes at 440. And then Sunday, I got up, it was really hot overnight. Like it was a low of 24. So I knew whatever time I was going to run, um, it was going to be pretty warm. And I just wanted to avoid the full sun and get home in time to watch the cross trials. So I went out at, I started at 4.53, did two hours, 4.22 pace, still hot. Didn't even wear a singlet out the driveway, just uh, shorts, put on some old school, like best of 90s, best of 2000 hits. And just ran along listening to music at uh, 5am in the morning for two hours. Bit of a struggle the last 15 minutes in the heat when the sun finally did come up. But glad to take it over because it would have been shocking trying to do that at uh 
oh, 8, 9 a.m. once the races were finished. So a good week, 118k for the week. Starting to rebuild the fitness well. I think I'm six weeks post Valencia now, so a couple more weeks. I wanted to ask you boys actually a question about when do you reintroduce doubles? What's your opinion on this? Or when should someone who thinks they want to do doubles actually, because I often get this as a question, like people or a coach might say, hey, what's, what's your thoughts on me doubling? When do you do it? I've got a general rule is that you want to be doing it at least an hour a day before you introduce a double. That's, yeah, okay. that's about my rule. Yeah. So you look at it more of a daily load, not a like overall mileage? No, nah, more like daily. Yep. Yep. Crokes, you got anything to go by? Uh, I reckon like for you when you, because you know when you first started back after having that time off where like everything's a bit of a grind. Yeah. I think when you get to the end of the week and your sessions have been like pretty good, you're feeling good in them. Um, but you're also just not banged up from the, the mileage that you've run for that week. I reckon that's probably a good sign that you can handle a little bit more. Yeah, okay. I reckon I'm nearly there. The second part of that question, I was talking to Ash Hoffman about this on Strava. When is it? Ash Hoffman? Yeah. Cause we're... He's a big fan of Urkana, Murray Bartlett, actually. Is he? Ash Hoffman. Yeah. I might have to send him a message after this show then. I'm also a big fan of her. Um, when, Love your interview. When is it too hot to double? That like so so like it gets hot here at say the hottest part of the day would be that four to six p.m. Like do you get any value going out for your second run if it's thirty eight forty two degrees, or you're just better off staying at home and just recovering because your morning run and your next morning run is going to probably be pretty hot too. You're already getting the heat gains. You're depleting it depends. Your body too much. It depends. I think how you can keep your heart rate under control. Like if you can run slow enough to keep it like to a decent level then I think it's okay. Um, like, I know when I was, like, marathon fit, like, I was going out in some pretty hot weather in the afternoon, but I also think that the fitter you are, the better you can handle that stuff. So for you at the moment, like, if you're going to introduce doubles and it is super, super hot, there's probably not a lot of value because you're probably just not quite strong and fit enough yet. Mm. Whereas if Whereas if you're, like you know, three quarters of the way through a marathon block or, you, you know, you've strung together some really, really good consistency, you're fit and strong, you can probably just handle it a bit better. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm better off putting my yep. 60 minutes to 70 minutes in the morning, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, when you introduce doubles, the double has to be a seriously low-stress run. And if you introduce heat like that, that becomes a stressful run. And, yeah, after a long period doing doubles, you can have stressful double runs and you can get benefit and handle it fine, but not when you're just starting to introduce them. Yeah. So in a nutshell, if there are any listeners out there wanting to introduce doubles, do it where you don't have weather stress. Yeah, the treadmill is a great place to get a second double in because you can control your heart rate so well. You're mm. not going up any hills. It's flat. That's the other thing. Some people like they go out on a double and they're running hilly and that's another stress you want to avoid if you're just introducing them. So I think the tread is a great place to add doubles. Yeah, and if you've got a good air conditioner. Yeah, yeah, or a good fan, just keep the heat down. Monitor your heart rate, like Croak said, and and just remember that this is like just a – this is the whatever zone it is in the heart rate, just the low zone – base building type aerobic fitness yep good one thanks to patreon supporters hey 
Hey, right. Rokes, kick us off. Uh, I've got Joe Lippett. Got some uh, interesting stats for Joe this week. He lives in Perth but was originally from the UK. Uh, he's run 18-18 at the Joondaloop Park Run June last year and also 253 at last year's Perth Marathon, which put him 17th place. I believe he's a Senior Talent Acquisition Specialist uh, of Strategy and trans- Transactions at EY. What is that? Jeez, that is a good title, isn't it? Senior Talent Acquisition (laughs) Specialist Strategy. Is that someone who hires people? They hire people, or they go, they headhunt people, maybe. Don't know, but it sounds good. What's EY? Uh, Ernest Young. Oh yeah, it's like they're lawyers. um, Finance. Oh, I thought it was like I thought it was finance. EY. You could be right. I'm guessing. Mm. Um, he's also a gun golfer. He was an assistant golf professional back in the day and was the 2018 Burley Park Club champion. Um, and on a sadder note, uh, in 2021, uh, his dad passed away, but he ran a half marathon and raised close to 5,000 pounds for a facility that helps people with terminal illness. So, um, yeah, what a legend, Joe. It's thanks for your support, Joe. Yeah, good, good stats job, there, Crokes. Good yep. research. Big Four accounting firm, Ernest Young. What does Big Four mean? Uh, there's that, Price, Waterhouse, Cooper, Deloitte, and KPMG. KPMG. Yeah. Uh, they're all above my head as well. <laughs> another, another smart Patreon supporter. Oh, trend continues, Crokes. Trend continues. <laughs> Who you got, Moose? I have Caroline McDonald. So Caroline's from Cavendish in Victoria. Regular at the Hamilton Park Run, which goes around the lake down there, has an estimated best 5K of 1903 from the 2020 Mother's Day Classic. Is that in Ballarat, Croaks? That Not Mother's sure. Day Classic? Oh, Not sure sorry. which one. Yeah, don't know. Um, ran hour 43 at the 2022 Burnley Half. That's good. And 353 at the 2022 Gold Coast Half. So, yeah, probably you can snip a bit off that, I reckon. I would have been off there the that Mar- day. Would have seen Caroline Burnley, 2022. Yeah, and the and the Gold Coast in 2022. You uh, were there for both of her no, runs. I was looking after the kids. Oh, she did the, mar- the, she did the marathon, yeah, marathon on, the, uh, on the Gold Coast. In the hotel room. Actually, no, well, I was on the course for a while. You were there. Yeah, you were out there. Yeah, yeah. I saw you on the sideline. About 15 cows, that wasn't it, Crooks? Yeah. Gave you a wave. I'm going to thank Christopher Toro from Ipswich in Queensland. He's ran 1646 at the Sandgate Park Run, June 2022. That's the fast one, isn't it, Brad? Sandgate. Yeah, it is. Where they all run quick. 37.39 at the 2022 Australian Masters 10,000 metre championships. And he's ran 80.37 at the Gold Coast Half Marathon 2022. She's had a lot of success in 2022 because his PB, 3.24 mm-hmm. for the marathon, also Melbourne Marathon 2022. So what a um, he's going to murder that marathon when he puts yeah she should be going quicker than that shouldn't he? Hundred percent yeah he'll smash yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty quick. Do you reckon he'll be in the Masters race at World Cross Country? Maybe is it like if you go into the two thousand twenty two Australian Masters ten thousand meter track race you think he'd be at Bathurst? We'll see. Say good day if you're there, Christopher. I think he's the owner of Toro Electrical. And he's also a dad. Got a good amount of ink on him. Both arms and back covered in ink. That's a tremendous amount. Not just a good amount. Both arms and back. Did you have a look, have a look Brady? No, I haven't had a look. Uh, Probably should do yeah. that. Have a little jump on. bit while you guys are talking about wow. these results next. I thought, thought you'd be impressed with his uh, ink. 
Yeah. He's got to spend that electrician's money somehow. Has he got it on his electrical uh, website, Croaks? Because I'm on that website now. He wouldn't have a site there, would he? I got it off Strava. Jeez, have a look at the van he's driving as well. It's pretty clean. Anyway. A lot of money they make. He's got two kids. Yeah, it'd be a good industry to work in, wouldn't it? Work hard for their money, though, Moose. Oh, not really, mate. They can keep the world going, don't they? Electricians? No, they don't. It's all easy. They just do. They make a mess. They come in, make a mess. Just drive the best cars into the uh, work site. I was on the phone to a plumber today at our place trying to get some taps fixed, dealing with some tradies. Don't cancel your Patreon uh, subscription, Christopher. That's Please just moose. Electric, electricians don't work. He knows how much money he's got. Do you know how much those tattoos would have cost? He's an electrical like... engineer too. Does that matter? I'm sure that's even better for mm-hmm. him. He's making some cash. This is if it's the same Instagram anyway. Let's move on. This is my favorite part of the show. This is a show that go, partly goes off the rails every week. We just start jumping down rabbit holes, but let's talk about some running. Taking inspiration from Mizuno's record-breaking sprints bike from 1991, the Wave Rebellion Pro delivers a propulsive feel with cushioning to last the distance. Featuring a unique midsole geometry that feels as different as it looks, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro is here to give you a point of difference on race day. Combining a carbon-infused waved plate with the maximal Mizuno Energy Light Plus midsole, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro is here for your next PB. Created to maximize performance where you need it, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro offers over 50 millimeters of cushioning under the midfoot, designed for ultimate propulsion, all while meeting the World Athletics regulations. In 2023, race faster with Mizuno. World Cross Country Trials happened yesterday in Canberra. Men went first. Jack Rayner got the win. Matthew Ramson went off the front. Bold move. Pulled it off, though, because he did come second in the end. Bit of a surprise, though, to see him go that hard from the gun. The boys kind of let him go, the whole pack. Then Liam Adams broke from the pack to try to pull him in. Didn't quite get to him. Brett and Jack then left the pack. Pulled in. Jack then left Brett to pull in Matthew Ramsden. Um, but Brett was in third. So Jack ran 29-26. This is for 10K. Ramsden 29-29, thought he fought on pretty well when Jack caught him. Brett Robinson third, 29-37. Rory Hunter come in fourth, 29-40. Andy Buchanan, 29-43. Jackson Sharp back from the United States, whereas at college over there, ran 29-45. That was the top six, top three are on the team. We wait to hear from the selection panel now about who else fills that team. Boys, what did you think? Well done, Moose. You picked Matthew Ramsden. I think a lot of people sleep on him because he lives over in WA and we don't see him that often, but he's pretty good at cross. He's got a good record when you look it up. I think he was 38 at World Cross Country last time, second Australian behind Brett. So uh, mm. good pick there. I'll give you that one. What did you think? Yeah, well, he's still got a he's got a pretty nifty 5K behind him as well, like thir- mid, 13 mid-teens or something, I reckon. Has he ran so- his pick? Uh, he might have paced it one year. Yeah. But, no, like, he's quali- like when you look at his 5K, of course, he should be up there. And um, you'd imagine that at this point of the season that he'd be doing a lot of the longer stuff, so a lot of the distance work. And you know the MTC guys, they, they train strength-based athletes. So, like, longer volume workouts, like K reps and then thresholds all the time. They, they kind of train like cross-country runners a lot. They do a lot of hilly 
tempos, Saturday hill workouts, so, and always a long run Sunday. You'd think that a guy like that would um, be primed mm. for, for cross country, so that's what we hope for. Mm. He did well. I thought he, was, he went out hard. Like I was not expecting that either, but a lot of confidence. Yeah, sure because so, one of the bit of the footage there at one stage when he went through one of the laps, he looked like I reckon he still had two laps to go, and he looked like he was cooked. The race was over, kind of thing. Ten guys were going to catch him, but he fought on really well, pretty bravely, I thought. Um, Trokes, what do you think on the ground there? Were people a bit shocked seeing that move get made so early? Yeah, like I was amazed because I guess beforehand you think like how's it going to play out? Are there going to be any team tactics given that like Jack? Um, Matt and Brett all like all part of MTC. So I thought potentially, um, like I thought Jack and Brett were you know always going to finish in the top three. And I thought maybe they would just keep the pace pretty easy so that Matt could you know rely on his kick in that last lap. So to see him go off the front, I um I certainly didn't expect that. But there's obviously no team tactics involved because I think. Brett and Jack were even chatting to each other after the first lap going, uh, what's, Ram- what's Rambo doing? Um, but then you could see Jack just go, all right, I'm just going to slowly like wind him in now. Um, the thing I loved about or the thing I love about cross-country trials is it's one race where you're not actually probably as interested in who wins. It's more about, all right, who's in fourth, fifth, sixth here because, yes, it's top three automatic, but if you finish fourth, fifth and sixth, you're a pretty good chance of being selected. And that's where that battle was because at one point Liam was still there, but then it was like Rory, Andy and Jackson Sharp were pretty close to each other. And at one point, especially in the last lap, like Jackson was making up ground on uh, on Rory and Andy. Um, but I think Rory just backed his like kick at the end. So he just sort of just sat on Andy knowing that, you know, if he finished fourth, he was probably going to be on the team. So he was able just to kick away over the last couple of hundred metres from Andy. That was a good. Oh, yeah. That was a surprising run for me. I didn't have him. I think I picked half the field last week, and he wasn't <laughs> one of them. Um, that was my surprise packet of the men's race, Rory Hunter. And it goes again. Like you bring up, like because ten k cross is hard, maybe because the course wasn't that that difficult at Canberra. But you're talking mm-hmm. about guys making the team. Like Rory would have never ran a Zatapec ten k on the track. Has he ever run mm-hmm. an eighteen k on the track? Uh, he's run like he's run low twenty nines at I think the Sydney Harbour ten. Okay. But you got to remember, like he's coached by Dick, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. they they do do a lot of volume. Um, Rory has won a national medal in the five k. Um, so like he's a quality guy, three thirty six, fifteen hundred meter runner. Um, yeah. so on you know on paper in terms of how talented he is, like he should be there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That top six is just made up of you know you got Jack, Brett, and Andy. The marathoners, half marathoners, 10K, 5K. And then you got the other guys like the Jackson, the Rory, the Ramsden, who can drop down to 1500s and run pretty quick, but then probably haven't run a lot of, or none, half marathons, marathons, or Zatapex between them. Yeah. Bit of a mixed bag. Any other things you want to comment in that men's field before we go to the women's? No, yeah, we don't talk about we don't talk about selection and discretion yeah. stuff at the end or now thinking, for each for each event. We'll go with men's first. So you think there's going to be anyone come into that team or the top top six are safe? Um, look, I've heard various rumours that there's both Kai and Pat who have asked for exemption. Um, Pat's probably the only one that I would put in here um, instead of say Jackson uh, because I feel like Kai so. Jackson and Kai raced each other at the NCAA cross, uh, when was it, like a few months ago. 
there was only nine seconds between them in that race and maybe like seven places. I think Kai finished ninth and Jackson finished 16th. So nine seconds over a 10K cross country is not a lot. Um, and I think the fact that Jackson stayed in the country to do the trial, whereas Kai decided to go back for college reasons, I believe, um, I think there's enough reason there to basically just go, you know what, we're going to pick the top six. Um, Pat's a little bit different in that I think he's having visa issues, so that's the reason why he couldn't come and run the trial, even though he wanted to. So if Pat was available, um, you know, it'd be hard to leave Pat off off this team. Yeah, so... I'm just Former national it. record holder. Yeah, and he's 10K. won an NCAA cross. Like he's good at cross. Um, well, can we just address... And so this got me thinking a little, and I don't know what shape Jackson Sharp in, but we had five people in front of him and he's finished 15th at, Nash, at NCAA cross country. Like, we, we always talk up NCAA cross as um like a magical sort mm. of race but perhaps it's not the the kind of race that we we think it think it is perhaps like you've got andy buchanan who races av cross country every week finishing well he's finished two seconds in front of the 16th place so um like i don't think it should get as much weight as perhaps we've we've discussed in terms of this discretionary selections mm. i'm just trying to open up now to read through the policy about what the actual yeah um, it's good to have the points in front, the of, you points in front of you because it's yeah. stuff like previous representation of australia like so you look at kai and you go well he was there at the ballot the world champs in the 10k that's going to help him against jackson yeah jackson yeah i'm just trying to actually find it sorry i should have had it ready maybe you guys talk about so who, i think i think jackson and andy are the two potentially in trouble well yeah, it would be. But then I feel sorry for any of those guys that miss out because, you know, Jackson's only finished five seconds behind Rory, who was in fourth. So, like, there's not a lot between them. And, you know, I think at some point you need to be rewarded for turning up to the trial. Um, and that's, I think, the problem with having three discretionary spots. Like, I understand, like, you need to have at least one spot there because let's say Jack flies to Canberra, gets food poisoning the night before and can't race. It's like you're mad not to put him in the team. But having three spots, it just allows people to just sit back and potentially just rely on on what they've done in the past, and the and that's system. where that's where I like how Brett, you know, like nobody expects Brett to be in top shape now after the marathon, but he still rocked up, and he said that he actually just wanted to, you know, earn his spot on merit and you know be at the trial, even though he's not in top shape at the moment. Mm. So I'd like to see more of that. I've just huge kudos for that. Yeah, Huge I've got curious. that in my notes here. Like, I'm talking about me being six weeks. I raced the marathon the same day as him. He went and broke the Australian record. He actually had a good run and actually something to talk about. Um, yeah. his, for him to come back and do that, I thought it was gutsy. We spoke about it on the Road to Valencia show. Like, he could easily have said, I just want the discretion. Because well, everything to lose. Everything, everything to lose. To lose yeah. Nothing yep. to gain, really. Yeah. Um, and he chose just, to go, yep. no, I want to earn my spot. And, and in a way, take it out of the selector's hands. Like, put yourself on yep. the team. I've just put the um, discretion at the bottom of the document there, boys, so you can see there's probably five or six dot points with the second one being performance in the trial. So that, that does hold weight if people actually did rock up and race. History of past performances in a World Cross Country Championship um, and any other relevant international events, including track events, performance at Australian Cross Country Championships, um, what else is in here, and World Cross Country Championships. 
Um, the thing, there's so many factors here, Brady. Yeah. There's about, what, 10 different points. And they said he, they may consider any factor or combination of factors. It's like, if you, at, least mm. if you rank, at least if you rank them from like what's most important to least important, it might help. Potential um, to finish top 24. So that's where you look at a guy like Pat Tiernan coming into mm. the team. Like, he could. Um, like, I understand. Like, Pat not being able to run the trial. Like, I get that. Like, if he's having issues with visas, like, that's different to a guy that's in the country you know, on Christmas, but then goes back for college um, obligations as opposed to staying for the trial, whereas, you know, Jackson stays for the trial. So it's, yeah, I'd hate to be a selector in this in this instance. And only one of the points is performances at the trial. So this doesn't mean that Rory Hunter ensures his spot above Andy Buchanan because you look here and go performances at the Australian Cross Country Championships. Like... Yeah. All of a as, a, sudden, as a selector, though, you've got to be brave to bump out. A, you know, you'd have to be brave to knock out Rory and leave Andy in or Jackson in. When you know, like, it almost. What's the point of a trial then? But that's why. Yeah. But, but being top three and being three to or fourth to six is different, though, isn't it? Anyone yeah. not top three is, is in the same category. Is that what you're saying, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. That's it would right. be crazy though, Chris, because Andy's. Like, that's the thing about not having it at Bathurst that I, I was frustrated with because at least then it would have been another argument point that Rory could say, look, I beat Andy at Bathurst. I've done it on the course, we're going to race. But I think there's, because the course is so much easier at Stromlo than Bathurst, they could then argue that we know this guy's good on crap courses. Look at him at the Australian cross-country championships, like first, first and second, on tough courses. Yeah, but that what you're using now is some sort of, like... Uh, it's not a real factor. But that's... it's just written here, though. Past performances of Australian cross country. Oh, you mean that course difficulty? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not in the criteria. Yeah, these... it is they... here. Oh, no, that just says for the relay potential to run faster. Yeah. faster and none of these guys have run that. The World Cross Country Championships. None of these guys have run that course. So we don't know how yeah. they're going to individually react to, to the course. But, you know, I think there's going to be, there would be a lot more controversy if you left the guy that finished fourth and sent the guys that finished fifth and sixth at the trial like it's that's not a good look at all (laughs) yeah wouldn't want to be a selector but hopefully well you don't want to say hopefully because you want kind of pat there like yeah it's weird Mm. you want to send the strongest team and you're looking at oh it's hard to do I, i would only so like i wouldn't put kai in this team i'd put i'd put potentially pain um but yeah, I think Kai, if, if World Cross was a priority, um, he should have stayed for the trial. He was here in the country too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Probably should have, yeah, nailed his spot on the team. Uh, this next one might be a bit more straightforward. Well, we'll talk about it. Rose <laughs> Davies got the win. She looks strong. Looked like the old Rose, 33-33. Oh, Liam yeah. Pompiani, 33-41. Caitlin Adams, 33-46. Izzy Bat Doyle, 33-47. It was close there. Holly Campbell. Run of the day in the ladies' race. Run the surprising run of the day for me. Thirty-three forty-nine. Ali Pashley returns to elite racing. Thirty-three fifty-five. Good race. Big pack. Different than the men's race. And then Rose, like she just went to the front and just um, she looked like she was surging the uphill, surging the downhill, surging the flat, just trying to get rid of people. And she did, and she held it, and it was a, a good result. Fresh off altitude, I think she's been up at Falls Creek since Apex, so comes down and does that. Thoughts, boys? She proved a point, didn't she? 
Like mm. in my mind, that was dominant performance, and I think she's probably just like wanted to uh, get her crown back, maybe <laughs> as the, uh, the the top distance runner in the country. Um, perhaps after the Zatapec race, where where she was beaten, and um, it just looked like that she was like it looked like that she was out for blood, that she had a point to prove, and and every time she went forward, she did it with authority i thought it was brilliant race Krugs, what was it like on the ground uh, look as yeah, good as she, it on the stream yeah like i thought she held on really well because they like in the last lap i thought oh you know rose is probably better at the slightly shorter stuff and we know how strong leanne is so i thought there's a chance that leanne might run over the over the top late um but then all the other girls it was sort of there was always this constant gap between Rose and Leanne and then Leanne and Caitlin and, and Caitlin and Izzy. So that sort of uh, first four were almost sort of clear in a way. But then over the closing stages, there was a, a battle between like Holly Campbell, Ellie and Amelia Mazadowney. Like they were sort of fought, fighting for that um, fifth and sixth spot. And yeah, as you said, Brady like, was there too, wasn't she? Yeah, she was a little bit, a little bit further off the back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Holly was a standout run. Like, so she's uh, coached by Jeremy Roth, and she's had like so many years of injury. Like, we we mentioned her sister a lot on this podcast page, um, an Aussie rep. So you know, it's good to see Holly finally injury free and, and running well. Um, so twins, yeah, twins Crocs. Uh yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was an amazing performance. Like, I think in our private chat, we're like, hang on, like this for real? Like, what are her PBs? I know they were talking about it in the stream. Okay, five mm. KPB is sixteen fifty four. Yeah, but she hasn't been able to reach her potential just yeah. through years of injury. Yeah, um, well, that was two thousand seventeen as well. Yeah, so, so a bit like the men's, I was really intrigued in more of that sort of what was going to happen in fourth, fifth, and sixth in this race. Yeah, and they had like the the motorbike or the buggy on the leaders, but every time they went to the drone shot, it's just like you're trying to squint. You're like, which body is that? I'm not sure <laughs> what it was like for you, Moose, because Ali was in the thick of things there and trying to like identify it. Yeah, well, she was eighth place. With Georgia and Amelia in front of her, uh, going in the last lap, and the gap was like pretty solid still, but you just don't know. Um, she's got a lot of strength to her. She's really tough as well, and I don't think she was as fit as some of those girls. But the uh, <laughs> maybe the mum strength got her there in the end. But yeah, the, she she made a move. She passed. Um, I think it was Amelia with about a K to go, I'm going to say. And we missed it on the um, footage. And then because, and then all of a sudden she did it with a – like she made the move and she surged hard at the time. And so all of a sudden there was like a big gap and we're all just – like everyone in the living room was like, whoa, like a bit of like a bit of a cheer went up when we saw it. It was really cool. Uh, it was good good vibes. And also one thing uh, you wouldn't have been able to see on the video was that um, – for the men's race, the conditions were pretty good. It was still relatively cool, but I reckon halfway to three quarters of the way through the women's, it definitely started to heat up, and then that was becoming a factor, and and obviously even more so for the junior races. It was hot by the time the juniors were racing. Yeah. 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 It looked like carnage at the finish. Yeah, line she now. said it was pretty warm. Mm. She's Ali said it was like, oh, maybe felt like about twenty-two or something. Yeah, yeah. The sun, the direct sunlight was really intense. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, course like I, I know it maybe brady you've said it's easy a couple of times but i think like one thing ali said was that it was a lot harder than she expected and the pinches were a bit steeper than she thought and um 
yeah, it was a little bit more difficult than just like the uh, like a beautiful carpet, like you kind of looks like on the TV. Yeah. But yeah, service <laughs> what, is perfect though. Isn't it, 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 well, like yeah, the, so the, the hills get you, and the downhill I found when I raced there. Yeah, the surface is amazing. Like you don't have to yeah look down at your feet. Like you can be sure of your footing. But there are a couple of like really steep pinches, like that first hill that they climb up. So it's, it climbs, but then they call it the pimple because it then like really kicks up and then sort of does a, you know, almost a 180 and comes back down. And so you've got that steep pinch on the way up, but then the way back down is really, really steep as well for the first like 50, 60 meters. And, you know, a lot of people don't run on that sort of terrain either. And then, it, you know, you pretty much got like a down, uh, probably close to a kilometer of like downhill before it flattens off and then you come back up that hill again. So it's it's challenging. Yes, the, the surface is amazing, but there's enough hills there that if you're not strong, you're going to be found out. Yeah, and never, like you can never get rhythm because there's a lot of turns in it as well. Yeah, especially um, the... Talking about taking tangents, this would be one. Yeah, so, so I don't know if you guys saw that the last 300, they almost go through this like little chicane area mm. and it's flat through there, but you lose so much momentum. And then once you come out of that chicane, it's just a, like a bit of a false flat. So every time we've done sessions around there, you feel like you really lose a lot of momentum through that chicane and then you've got to try and get going again. Um, but from a spectator's point of view, the course is awesome because if you're sort of in the middle of middle of the course, you can actually move around a little bit. And like I was able to see them three or four times in the two and a half K loop, um, which you know you can't often do at a lot of courses. So it's it's perfect for spectators. Is this our six? Let's have the same discretion chat here. Uh-huh. Who potentially comes in? Sinead, Jess, Aloise, Lisa were the four names we spoke about last week who weren't well, there. I don't think anyone's um, put their name up for discretion. Yeah, that's in, what I've in, heard as well. Yeah. All right. So this is the six. That's the six. Name it and here. That, 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 you know what? That... Jess stands in the late scratching though, sickness we've heard. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people. But, but Moose, we do not know until it's officially announced. That's right. And and it's a very interesting situation if Jess puts her hand up and says, yeah, I'd like a spot, please. Can you consider me? Because that's when, like, it, that's when it gets real tricky because if we use those discretion criteria, um, it does not benefit a, a, a relatively new runner to the, the sport of cross country. Um, or even just a new and upcoming runner. Um, like a Holly Campbell. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Right through race, this is your one. You've you've stepped up to that level, but you don't have yeah. a history of doing it. I'd be gutted to I'd be gutted to see that. Like if you know, so obviously the things that Jess has got going for her is like her international record. You know, like I don't think I can't remember the last time she had a bad run in the green and gold. Um, not sure what her cross country like history's like um obviously winning commonwealth games gold medal in terms of just the you know that achievement but also then having the commonwealth games gold medalist running at bathurst in terms of the hype for the event it's not in the discretion um, though croaks i know what no, you mean they'll have yeah, bias about know, it and it's great for the profile of the event to have her there but yeah but well likewise like i couldn't see like if any if they got to bring somebody in, like it, like they would have to replace Ellie. Like from from my, like I, I just can't see how they can boot out Holly when she's beaten Ellie at the trial. Like yes, I know Ellie's between now and February. Like she's going to be a hell of a lot fitter, so she's got a lot of upside to her. But oh, like I just reckon there's so much controversy if you you know scrap the person that finished 
fifth at the trial, but leave the person that finished sixth. Like I just, yeah, I, just but I, I don't like that. This is just like, and and I'm not saying it's good one way or the other, but it's only the top three who are automatic. Yeah, so I know. forget the positions at the trial. That's only one point on the criteria. And the, all the other points point towards Jess mm. or Ali in terms of uh, like that criteria. And I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying that if you if you go by the letter of the law, like it is pretty harsh to someone who's maybe come fourth place but is a newcomer to the sport. Like I don't, I'd hate to see it. Like I don't think it's I don't think that's good for the sport. But um, I don't think the six discre- like three discretion spots is good for the sport. I agree. I think it should be one. I, yeah, I think this is that's the prob that's the real problem here. Um, it introduces these tough decisions. But these girls on the start line knew they were racing for the top three, and yeah. and and that was the only automatics guarantee guaranteed to them. Mm. And so outside of the top three, it's it's open slather. We'll find out soon, I guess, who's selected. I reckon by the time this goes out the public, they probably named the team. <laughs> they just, just sat through yeah. listening to all this stuff. Well, apparently the selection was today. Is that correct, Croaks? I don't know. I think it was. Well, you were no. on the panel, Croaks. Not all the people you're hanging around up there. Yeah, yeah. You've talked to the panel, though. Yeah. Had a good chat. Had a coffee with them on Sunday. What about our boys, my hot tip for the year, athlete to watch, Caitlin Adams? We're going to the moon on that stock return. People that backed her at the end of 2022 with me. Massive coming third in that race, going to World Auto Cross spot. Country. Did well. She's on. I said that. On her, day, on her day, she's so good. Like she has, she has some really, really good races, and then has some sort of ordinary ones. Um, yeah, but it was a great run. Yeah, it was a good run. They called her Jess Stenson for the first twenty minutes on the screen. Though that wasn't <laughs> oh, great from no, the commentary that was no there. Good. No good. But that, but in saying that, the commentary, I thought the coverage and the commentary was exceptional. Like the production there, the drone footage, the cameras, I thought they did a really, really good job. Because remember in 2019, we had, was it you just with a mobile phone on the side of the track, Crocs? No, I actually haven't been to a World Cross trial before. We had a listener, year. we had someone, someone was like, I can do it for you. And that, because there was no stream, we just had a person there. I remember we got a heaps of views because we were the only ones doing the dodgiest bit of coverage mm. getting around. Like, they, yeah, mm. they pumped some money into that. So it was good to see. The 2K relay spots were also out for grabs. Just automatic first across the line here. Stewie won that in 5.10. Callum Davies was second, 5.16. Jude Thomas third, 5.17. Abby Caldwell, 5.48. Beat Jess Hull, 5.55. And Lyndon Hall third, 5.59. Stewie, we kind of expected, boys, and now we expect that Ollie takes that second spot for that relay team. Abby Caldwell up against Jess Hull, though. Now it happened. You're not surprised, but she has to be the best tactician getting around. The way she did that, the way she did the Com Games, the way she did Nationals. She knows how to race, Abby Caldwell. She's a very good racer. Against quality opposition, too, might I add, like Jess Hull. If you were a bookie, you wouldn't have had... Um, what odds would have you had? Jess Hull, $1.20, $1.40? Yeah. Well, we picked her, but now now you're looking at the the trifecta there, and you're thinking, shit, Abby Caldwell, a medalist in the Com Games. Why the hell weren't we talking her up more? Mm. Yeah. And we also haven't se- we, we and we haven't seen Abby since Com Games, so like you don't know that you know she's obviously just gone away and and got herself super fit and 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 strong for this event. Whereas Jess uh, Hull had a few issues at the back end of the season and then i know she's been in australia for quite a while and, and got married and, and that you know so she's obviously training and fit but i don't think i don't think jess hull's at her best at the moment like i was standing with maybe 
350, 400 to go. And Jess was still in front at that point. But then when they went through that little chicane section, like Jess pretty much looked like she was gone, whereas Abby's still like full of running. And that, what, seven seconds, that seven seconds was in like the last 250 metres. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so strong. Yeah. Well, when you know the auto sport is gone, it'd be hard to push for it because the sec. Yeah, but, but I think sec- second's mm, really important yeah. in this as well. But I guess she had enough gap on Lyndon um, yeah. because you know Lyndon's probably going to be the one to miss out here, um, which is you know pretty cool having Lyndon as a reserve in this four by two relay, if that's the way they go. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, <laughs> that's that is so that is so deep. Crokes, what, you might know this answer, but why did they not just let these these two K races run and done before they start the next one? Like they're only going for six minutes, five minutes. Um, to look. Like, why not just let all the boys come in and then start the girls? Was it hard to watch both of them? I guess I'm asking on the ground. No, nah, it was okay because you'd see them go through, and then you knew that like two minutes later the guys were going to come through. Okay. I think they were under a lot of time issues because. Um, the person from the ACT, I, this is what I was told anyway. So um, the booking was for actually this coming weekend for the, for the cross-country meet. And then AA, so then AA said, no, no, we need to have it the weekend before. But then the person who made the booking said, but it's booked out by triathlon that weekend. And they're like, no, no, that's the date we're going to have it. And so there was triathlon events there all weekend. And so these trials for cross country had to be done by like 10 past nine. So they're under, you know, they're under these like time constraints. So that's probably why they had it really condensed. And that's why the women went off in the 10 K before them, before the men had finished and that sort of thing. Yeah. They pulled off in the end though. Like no one ran out the back of anyone or any yeah. accidents. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was just wondering, and you told me the answer. What about the juniors there, Croach? Catch them? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really watch the races um, as you know, intently as I did for the the others, but um, both were were runaway wins. Um, Logan Janetsky won the men's under 20, 24-18. Archie Noakes was second, 24-44. And Jack Coomer was third in 25-21. And um, in the women's, Amy Bunnage, she won in 2022. Gabriel Schmidt was second in 21.44 and Gabriel Vincent was third in 22.01. So that was really quality running from those juniors in the heat. And, um, yeah, I've actually got a lot of time for Logan. He's always a real friendly, bubbly sort of guy. So, yeah, um, so have I, to be honest. I met him yeah. at Launceston. For a guy, for a guy that, that young, like he's just got a lot of like character and personality about him. So, yeah, yeah. got Were a lot of time for Logan. up there for the first time? Oh, uh, no, I met him the first time down in um, Launceston. That same time I was there, too, this year, yeah. last year, yeah. Yeah, this, so yeah, yeah. last year. Different yeah. occasions, then, though. I didn't realise you'd met him. Yeah, but then I saw him um, saw him after the race. He's like, oh, g'day, Croaks. And, yeah, so, yeah. like, he's always real bubbly. <laughs> yeah, it's good seeing that from young kids. Mm, yeah. That's good. Some good results there. I'm sure that team will get named when the senior team get named for the uh, the other six. Uh, Illawa Track Challenge, Croaks. Yeah, so this doubled up as the New South Wales Mile Championship. So it was a little bit light on given um, the cross country, especially like some of the people would have run the two. So, so some people that would have run the mile here obviously ran the 2K at, um, or the 10K at the World Cross Trials the next day. Neve Allen won the women's in 450. Davina Smith second in 4.53 and Rosie Cooper third in 5.04. Uh, it was a super windy afternoon, so conditions weren't great. Luke Young won the men's in 4.16. 
Stefan Muzic uh, second in 418.32 and Finlay McPhillips third in 418.68. So close finish there for the minor medals. Uh, in the 3K, Harm Shat pretty much time trialled it for an 838. Uh, your boy, Brady, Sam Jones, second yep. in 851 and Todd Peters, 856. Uh, in the women's, uh, an athlete that I coach, Bronwyn Hager, she won in 9.54. Jessica Khan, second in 10.06. And Olivia Seville's was third in 10.29. Real windy too. Did you say that? It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard that. There's some, uh, yeah, take some time off those, Pete, all times then. Mm-hmm. Houston also happened, Moose. Woke up to this news this morning. They always make a big deal about Houston Marathon over there in the States. Why is well, that? Because of the half yeah, marathon? Did we hear that it was gold label? It's so, got a label, yeah. Got a label. That's like that's pretty good. Now, of course, I'll talk about that. And then it, there's not a lot of other racing around January, mm, like in terms of, of marathons and stuff. I reckon it gets attention because it's kind of stands out. They'd have a lot of gold label races though in the states, though, wouldn't they? No, I don't know how many marathons they got as gold. I mean, obviously they got their um the main ones like the the majors hmm. uh and then you've you've probably got la marathon is that gold label now because you know how they shook up all the rating systems yeah yeah um, and then they introduced platinum too didn't they yeah so oh i don't even know if la would be i'm just trying to find a list while you're talking now we're talking about it but yeah anyway grandma's maybe might be not gold label but anyway um there was a half marathon u.s record gone so emily sisson i think she broke her own right Broke her own record there to to run 66.52. She was second. She, she was beaten by Hewat Gebra Mariam in 66.28. Uh, in the yeah, that was the, probably the notable result there. In the Valencia 10K, there was uh, a winner in the ladies 29.19. Five seconds off her own world record was. Uh, God, Yalamzerf Yahalu, um, she's she's absolutely smoked them. So second was Jessica Chalunga in 30.01, and then third was Esther Barura in 30.15. So that's a pretty, Jesus. So she's run 29.19. Uh, has she run any halves or fulls yet? This, this yeah, girl? she won London. Did she? She yeah, also she ran a really good half too, I reckon, like 63. I reckon yeah. she, she has. I think she finished third at the World Half Marathon Champs the last time they were on. You know, okay. I reckon she ran Valencia half when G'day broke the world record and it kind of got a bit overlooked because she like she still ran like 63-something. But yeah. because G'day ran 62, no one was paying she, attention she, to the 63. Keep an eye on it then. Yeah. She fell at London, remember? She had a stack in her debut. She's only 23, it says here on her profile. Yeah, yeah, wow. 63.51 at Valencia 2021. Okay, so that's who we're going to... 217, Hamburg. The two wires. We'll call her the YY. Mm. YY, just just so we remember, all right? Next time you see that pop We've up. We've mentioned her a few bit, a fair few times on the show. Like, you, yeah, you are law, I think. Just give name always to Moose now, just so he remembers, folks. <laughs> we can just say YY. We know YY. now. <laughs> it's my girl now. I'll follow her. Um, Weldon... Weldon Lungut won the men's 26.55, beat Charles Lungut. Oh, long lost brothers, you reckon? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> uh, Daniel Cosen was third in 27.01. Big stack at the start. Jeez, 
can I? Can we just put Christian? This is Christian's fault. This is. It is not. It <laughs> is so. This is the problem. Like, if you get on this, um, on what video is it? Run IX on Instagram. Go follow that account. Or not, you don't have to follow it, but they've got a video of it. This is what happens when people go to the front of start lines that don't belong there. <laughs> this, you see what they get there. They're not, they're too slow. They're don't like they're, they leave the, the start line and all of a sudden there's people running over them. And we need self, better self seating. So you got Christian. Did you hear boys on road to, um, on the catch up show? Christian went and got himself an elite start at this race that he did last week or something. Barcelona. He ran 16 Barcelona. minutes, right? He ran 16 minutes or slower, 16.10 or something. Yeah, it's not watching out who you know, though, Moose. That's but what the fuck do you need to be on the elite start line when you're running 16.10 or something? I think the race is only open to elite runners. You, there was no other race on that day. I think there was a 10K, but the 5K was just an elite one. Anyway, I know why you're angry at Christian, because he had a crack at you saying you're a bit soft now that you live down in the South Coast. I think you've come prepared for a bit of a rebuttal. Did you see this? You did have a good point. You haven't run that well since you lived down there. I think you need a training camp in Ballarat. He was in the video. He was in the video, but the stack had already happened. It was his fault. He ruined the race, and now the whole world's angry at him. Because (laughs) it's a big doofus like that, tripping up all the pro women. He doesn't need to be there. Go about 15 rows back, Chriso. Run 33 minutes from back there. You don't need to be on the very front. It is always anyway. hairy, though. Like, when you're on, you know, you're a couple of people deep, you've got your hands out, mm. ready for the gun, like, you don't want to get trampled. It would not be a fun experience. No, it looked horrible. Mm. It actually looked fucking scary. Yeah. To, when they went down yeah. and the stampede, people didn't give a shit. People were just well, what like... What are you going to do, though? What, what can you do? Yeah, well, I don't know, but you can show some sort of care. They almost <laughs> needed to have stop, they almost needed a second gun. They almost needed a second gun to say just stop, like you know, a false start sort of thing. I'm just, not sure you, know, you then, could stop them though. Yeah, because like, they're getting pushed. But if you had a second, if you had well. a second gun where everyone knew that a second gun meant false start, it would it would just stop that, and people can then just yeah, rather than be like run over the top of everyone will just stop and then those people can then stand back up and then everyone just goes because the, the elite guys would have only been you know what 50 meters down the road um and I, i'm actually surprised this stuff doesn't happen more often because mm-hmm. when you think about it how how tight everybody's in at the start of a race it doesn't take much to clip somebody's heel from behind um yeah. and then them go down I remember it happened to Colisset World Half Marathon in Valencia. Oh, that's right, yeah. He, he went well, down at Jess, the front of the And Jess pack. fell at Gold Coast um, last year. In the Jess Stenson. Yeah, she did too, yeah. Did she? Yep. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Scary, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was scary. The people were like on the sideline thought they were watching a, like, a, um, like a mass tragedy event. <laughs> Just because yeah. there, there, like, there would have been people – Stampeded or trampled in um, those uh, like music what do you call it? music music festivals exactly Big day out yeah where it just goes straight over the top in that um, Travis Scott concert mm. yeah. yeah yeah it's almost something you'd like expect to see like running of the bulls where everyone's like running and then someone trips over and everyone's just like oh now I've got to get out of here because the bulls are coming every man for yourself yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, the other bit of news I had here, Jess Stenson announced the Boston Elite Field. We talked about this on Road to Valencia catch-up as well. 
Um, we kind of, yeah, I thought it was a bit odd because I'm not sure you guys might be able to tell me if this counts as qualifying times for Paris, which we spoke about, um, about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we were reflecting on 2022, like how important hit and fast marathon times may be considering Sinead might already have one of those spots locked up, so there's only two to go for. You think she's going to do Boston over the hills and then hit a faster one in the second half of 2023? Cool to see because we rarely see Australians at Boston. Mm. I don't reckon the time would count, but being a, a world marathon major, if you finish top 10, it's the equivalent of running the time. Yeah, but there's 16 but, girls who are broken 221. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a deep field. You'd have to think she'd be... Just be like, I, the hills, I, I was a bit surprised as well. I thought she'd be due for a flat, fast one, um, trying to, I guess seal up a spot for the olympics um but then i guess you know when when this is your career like who knows how much money she's getting to do this and you know like while you're at your best you probably want to run these major marathons mm. especially the ones that have so much history to them that's true and we know she's good in the hills yeah. new york Kong games now boston any comments there moose before we uh, move on um yeah well i wonder if like pulling out of the cross-country race um, and not nominating for World Cross, like, um, like if this if Boston's playing a, a role in that, concentrate on that. Yeah, don't know. Wait and see. Also, here in whispers, this one is unconfirmed that Lisa may be against Stuart Osaka moves Lisa Waitman. Ah, which is gold label. Yes. Just saw that on the list. So gold label Osaka. Lisa Top ten. You have to, to go a bit quicker than two twenty four moves. To beat Lisa. That's flat and mm. fast. Yeah, I'm gonna might have to jump back in the pack a bit to save myself that um, like competition. Go back to the influencer start with Yeah. <laughs> Take another pace, level. Uh, bit of, of airtime moose. Take off the rebellion pro, put on I reckon else. Be, Yeah. <laughs> Just get me out of the camp. Get me out of competition. <laughs> I'm there for a fun time. I'm there to celebrate Mizuno. The last bit of news, boys, was that this was a bit of everywhere the last 24 hours. Strava increasing their prices, kind of. Um, there's been a lot of, yeah, it might be news to people now, but just check your Strava subscription because supposedly it was very confusing. Depends on when you signed up to be a paying member of Strava. Depends on if your price will be increasing and also where you live. So it's not a bit of a blanket rule. So Carly and I had a look at ours yesterday. Mine is $80 a year and hers is $180 a year for the same what, part. How is that? No, but what is the, like, where, there's the got to be product. some reason. Well, You've yeah, the same address, right? Yep, 100%. Um, because I think I was, be, I've been paying for the last three or four years and she's just started paying recently. So really? I think if you signed up, yeah, if you signed up after maybe November 2022, there will be no increase, whereas if you signed up before that, there is an increase. It's, it's really confusing. Those, um, we might put it in the show notes. There's a video from that, um, oh, is it DC, DC Rainmaker? Yeah, yeah. And, like, he's confused by it. He contacted Strava to, like, get some answers, and they pretty much just came back with nothing. Um, so he was quite confused by it. And even after watching the video, I still couldn't understand it. But, uh yeah, what, which what's yours at Moose? If you go to your Strava now and go to my eighty three bucks, I checked uh, this morning or yesterday. Yeah, I don't think you can do it on mobile. So even yours is eighty three, mine's eighty one, or eighty one ninety nine. Which yours will, back, will this Maybe. backfire though, boys? And people will then go, you know what? I'm just going to cancel this subscription and just 
you have the general one like I do. Yeah, well, at $80, I, I'm all right with that. Yeah. If I was charged $180, that's starting to find its way outside value for me. I just um, don't use all the extra stuff. Like I just, yeah, I use it as a, um, like a social media more than like a training. Um, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Stats I did, I did my funniest work on there. Yeah, well, I, you, I, you got cut down by us. I was looking through your comments before. Ali got you with like an eighty likes to like ten likes or something. No, yeah, everyone you, loves. You do not to, do your best work. You just get cute. Everyone l- loves to get into me on there just because I'm the funny guy. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't just charge everybody, like, just to be on Strava, like, even if it's a little bit, like, you don't pay much to have just the basic rather than have it free. Mm. Yeah, but then they wouldn't suck in new people. Maybe you get three months free trial when you start up, croak something like that to suck mm. you in and then go from there. Because if, if everyone cancels their subscription, they might just fold. It's not a profitable yeah. business. It doesn't make money. But why not be a bit more like open with it? Though? Yeah, That's that the was thing. strange. This is, yeah. this is what's strange is there's no like announcement saying, "Hey, this is what it's going to go to. This is why. This is when it's happening." It's all sort of just sne- like sneakily done behind the scenes. Yeah, we'll put that video in the show notes. That explains it a whole lot better yeah. than us. But yeah, it'd be worth checking how much you're paying because we, well, yeah. we we will find out. We will find out as to how they are uh, like whether they will survive, whether people are willing to pay very quickly. Mm. Because if the new fee goes to 180 bucks a month and that's like the blanket fee um, for people signing up, then <laughs> like this will just, it'll be the market. The market will tell them, is there a market or not? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like before Strava, like I had everything on Garmin Connect and um, I used to go in and label all of my runs because what I liked about Garmin Connect was you could actually search for workouts so like let's say for example i did 10 by a k i would type in 10 by a k and it would just bring up every single time that i've done that session and i could look back and compare things you can do that Which, now on strava you can yeah, yeah you, you can, can do that now on strava work. but you couldn't for a long yeah, time no, just recent yeah yeah it'd be interesting to know what things because you don't get weather do you on yours no but i don't care about the yeah, weather i'm trying to yeah that's what i'm just trying to make the point about i wonder if i went back to the unpaid one if i ever noticed any difference well the only the only difference is you wouldn't have access to something to do with like um segments and things like that like you don't get to see oh, past yeah. the top 10 for a segment or oh, like just always yeah. be top 10 then so yeah. that problem interesting we'll see what happens there in the next couple of weeks uh listen to question bradley all right um there's two here both on sort of sub three hour marathons uh first one what sort of weekly mileage would you recommend to someone recommend to someone wanting to break three hours and that's from deck trigger and the other one is key sessions or tips to break three hours for the marathon and that's from blair hurst first one depends on who you are croaks could break three hours off about 20k a week i reckon someone newer to running might need a few more it's yeah. very hard to put a basic number on it. There is no number. Mm. The, the answer is there is no answer, unfortunately. Um, mm. But you can, you like, yeah, of course, take out the outliers. Take out the people that will never run three hours, no matter if you give them 250K a week for four years, and take out the people that you give 20K a week and they can do it. And then you start going, all right, well, what do we need? Like, we can kind of work it out a bit, can't we? We yep. need at least a 30K run for 
once a week, maybe, or 25 to 30K, let's just say. I'm, I know there's outliers, but we're saying meet, like yeah. the, the meet in the middle. All right, and then you're going to run at least two times during the week more, probably three times, with a minimum of 5K, a maximum of 15. All of a sudden, we're at around 60K, um, maybe more, maybe 70K. Uh, so I'm going to say... Uh, I'm not recommending this, but I'm going to say that the majority of people could um, w- uh, not recommend, not could do it, but will be around that amount. Yeah. I So in my, I guess, history of coaching people, and I, I like to think that most of them are sort of in that general public, not like the outliers, I reckon around 80K is a decent amount as long as you're structuring your 80k like what moose said where you know 80k you know you can't go out and just run 12k every day you know and get close to 80k that way that's not going to cut it you do have to have a designated long run probably a designated marathon specific session i also think you can get away with let so the faster you generally are over like a shorter distance the less mileage you need because your differential between what you're running for 5k versus marathon pace is so big that you can probably you don't need quite as much strength for that versus somebody who's a little bit closer you know from what they want running 5k to what they want to run for the marathon so the faster you are the less mileage but as a rule of thumb you know i reckon 80 odd k um you know that's good is, is about yeah. right and you yeah. don't talk me like top end 100 meter speed but 5k no i'm talking yeah. yeah like yeah 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 i like that Makes sense. The key sessions, tips to break three hours for the marathon. Yeah. We sort of touched on it yeah. a little bit. Like you definitely need to be doing, and because actually one run. of my athletes, yeah. So one of my athletes first came to me, he ran 309 in Melbourne and he wanted to break three hours. And I looked at his training and one, his volume probably wasn't quite in that 70 to 80 range, but the long runs were just missing. And we, we changed that around and he went 257 in Canberra and he's now down to 239. And so it's like you definitely need to have that long run. Like that is that is the key. Yeah, yeah but, but the, so the, the long run is the only key session. But that improvement, let's say that was 20% adding a long run and 80% having a coach keeping consistent over those however many years that he got there. Yeah, um, definitely. The consistency, yeah, is, is yeah. the key. And, and and over that time, slowly increasing to the point that, you know, they can handle 120 now. But back then, it was, you know, 70. Yeah. And you know what? I think Blair probably, is, and a lot of people I've done in the past as well, were searching for that super session answer, that this mm-hmm. is the one session, if you can do it at this pace, then you're going to break three hours. Yeah. But the boring answer is consistently doing a lot of running. The other the other thing I reckon here is too many people, yes, like we've said that the 30-plus K long run is the key, but it takes time to build up to that as well. Like don't listen to this and go, all right, I need to start running 30K from like tomorrow. Or so many people leave their marathon builds like to the last minute. So, yeah, if your goal is three hours and you're, and you're a fair way off that now, like don't expect to do it in the next 12 weeks. Like give yourself – six months and build up to the point that you can actually run two hours most Sundays comfortably. Then you're, then you're, it's easier to go from there to two and a half, two hours, 45 than if you currently run 30 minutes as a long run. 
Yeah, you got to be fit to get fit. Yeah, and and that's a good segue. Just to, like I didn't have one plan, but the moose on the loose this week is people that f- copy shit, and it's it's so trendy right now in the marathon world to do the big specific workouts, and the ninety nine percent of people that I see on Strava doing them are not ready to handle that kind of like workout and the kind of workouts i'm talking about are the ones that um you see that are like four by five k yeah, it's always four with, by five k yeah it's all it is That's always that one well there's always there's also the long runs with kick downs there's yeah, 5K uh like, kick down. yep there's yep. progression runs that go up to 40k there are like 25 by 400 there's 15 by 1k there's... 3 by 10k oh <laughs> shit 3 See, by that's... 10k i even hear of people doing like 25k marathon tempos like yeah. oh yeah marathon pace 25k 100 percent marathon pace or goal marathon pace zero fucking chance i could have done that mm. in training for any of my marathons you could have 95 though 95 is more common isn't it than 100 95 percent yeah of marathon yeah 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 but but again that's too much that's for people like us Mm. i don't want that i don't want like and i i think it's it's just we've just got caught up in it and we forget the actual like oh if we forget where the success has been found in marathoning in the country and yes I, i i was quick to go away from it and i did a lot of my training like we're talking about but the more that i sit the more that i see programs and builds go wrong by following this um the more that i'm moving away from it again or i I take certain sessions and i plug them in but i I don't go week in week out very specific long workouts Um, because i've seen way too many people get four to six weeks out absolutely primed to race and fall off the cliff and and so so I, I I get I get a bit triggered when I see it on Strava now, these these long workouts and I I see them from people that like instead of going and running an easy thirty which they haven't done in the last eight weeks, they'll go run twenty five k easy and five k like hard, like marathon pace at the end. Like mm. this is not the way to do it. You're not ready to run thirty if you haven't run thirty easy, like ten times before you even get to this point. Yeah, and you still want your race in the in the training a bit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. like getting to that point, Brady. Like you want even during a marathon block, you still want like what you're doing to be somewhat sustainable. Yes, you're not going to do it all year round, but if you're just throwing like one massive session in, like it's just going to cook you, and, and then you're trying to back up the next week. Like it's not sustainable. So, yeah. Good stuff tonight, fellas. What's coming up before <laughs> now next week? Anything special? Still on holidays, Bradley? We've only got two weeks left, haven't we? Yeah, I know. It's Six gone pretty weeks quick. Goes quick. Yeah. Having, uh, having, so come, what was it, November? I'm like, oh, looking forward to school holidays. I have a lot of time to run and get really fit. That's not quite happened. Just now. Yeah. No, nothing really planned. Just, um, yeah, maybe a light session on Friday with the group if everything's going well between now and then. Moose, what are you doing? Back to work tomorrow. Track tomorrow morning, real early one, 6 a.m. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, nothing really. I'm racing, boys, Saturday night. Keep an eye on Strava. Oh, yeah. Doing, We're out. 
doing the uh, Echuca Teams Triathlon. Oh, same yeah. as last year. Give that a spell. With Carly's doctor. That's the idea. I'm in the mixed team, two girls and a boy, up against the mixed teams of the two boys and a girl. So that's what I've got to try and hunt down. But see how I go. 5K through the port of Echuca. Smash a quick one. Wish me luck. Thanks. Good luck, mate. Just actually got an email for Valencia. Boys, I've got to start. They're, they're welcoming me back. Just two Already? minutes ago, yeah. They just said, yep, let's give you a bib again. Mm. Got a year well, to get over that trauma. Hopefully you uh, <laughs> repay the, the confidence. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how we go. What did you what did you send them? I just well, when that Chicago option fell down, I was just like, which race can I go do? And I know Moose, you had a contact at um Berlin, didn't you? Well, um, yeah, I haven't contacted them yet. There is a contact there. I was more I'd prefer to do Valencia for the second time than Berlin for the fourth time. And then I was like, Well what are the what are the options? So I thought I'll just flick an email to the same email address I did last year, saying I enjoyed my experience this year. My PB still hasn't changed. Same PB I emailed you with last year. Can you give me a start again? And they're like, yep, no worries. No accommodational drinks, though, as per 2022. Mm. So we'll lock that in. Because you've got to get sorted early. Got to get sorted early. But Croaks, you should come with me. Boys trip to Valencia. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Right. After hearing your travel nightmares and how far it is, got to like, do it different mm. this year. You've got to do it different. I reckon we stay in Doha a couple of nights. Get on the beers. Oh, on the way home, no, on the way, the way there. Over. Break you realise Doha is a dry country. You can still get beers there, though, can't you? Mate, Just cost you a bit. Like twenty dollars for a Corona. Croaks Maybe... coming. You need some cash. <laughs> yeah, you, that's not a good place to go and have beers at. Well, that's the only stopover location, isn't it? Dubai. We'll go there instead. Anyway, talking Dubai, shit now. better chance. Yep. All right, boys. See you next week. Good week. See, see ya. ya. Bye. Built for speed, made to last the distance. In 2023, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro wants to push you forward to the future. Available tomorrow at mizuno.com.au and selected running specialty retailers.